My name is Monica Kretschmer and I'm the founder and CEO of the Universal Women's Network, Women of Inspiration Awards, and this is the Women of Inspiration Podcast, where we speak with women who lead, inspire, and motivate. Now, these are women that pave the road less traveled and inspire others to dream big. Today, we have a very special guest. She is the president of the Italian shop and out of um, Edmonton, uh, Teresa Teresa Spinelli. She is also our Women of Inspiration Award recipient for 2019 and one of our 100 Women of Inspiration book contributors this year as we go on the road across Canada for women to drive change. Teresa, it is so great to have you on the Women of Inspiration podcast. Thank you, Monica. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And so I always like to start off this whole interview. I mean, we'll talk about everything that you've done and why you've done it. And we'll get into the whole um, background of your business and your family business. Um, But do you remember when you were 12? What did you want to be when you grew up? Yeah, when I was in uh, like junior high, I wanted to be a nun. I really felt this connection to God and I really felt this calling like, you know, um, I used to go to church with my aunt and my uncle because my mother and father would be working and I just felt this real sense of belonging. Mm. So now how, like we look at where you are right now, you've built such a community within your business that's really based on family and values. So I think in a certain, you've built your own church really. With your, with your businesses that you're creating. Um, so it's really interesting to see, you know, how it's evolved. Now, I'd like to talk about um, the family business and how it all started. Um, born in Edmonton, 1961. How did you, how is the, what is the history of the Italian shop? So my father started the company in 1959. Uh, he started because, um, well, long story, but anyways, when he started it, people would just naturally go to my dad for advice and they were really longing for news from Italy because they didn't speak any English, they didn't have TVs or radios. So my dad started importing Italian newspapers and although people couldn't read, couldn't um the news was three or four months old because the newspapers by the time they got to Edmonton were very old, people were so happy to le- to read in their native language what was happening in their home country. And then they said, this is great, but you know, we really don't have any good espresso in Alberta. So my dad started to bring in espresso and then people had their paper, they had their coffee. And then they said, you know, we wish we had really good olive oil. There's no olive oil in Alberta. So my dad started to import olive oil and so on and so on and so on. Today we have over 30,000 types of olive oil. Uh, My brother was supposed to take over the business, very traditional Italian family. And that's just the way it was supposed to be. Unfortunately, my brother died just before his 32nd birthday. And two years later, my dad died. So that left me. So that's how I'm here. So you can be faced with two choices though, Teresa. You can either move forward or stay still, but you chose to move forward. And with what you've done with the business over the so many years, how many years has it been since you've taken over the leadership of the business? 20. 20 years and is this the 20th year celebration this year that, that i've been yeah well it's been 20 years since i took over uh it's our 62nd year in business that is phenomenal and you're carrying on the legacy of the the business that your your father built and that continues to grow and i'd love to talk about the growth that you've actually spearheaded as a female-led 
female-owned company, which again is really important for all of those listeners. Support women-owned, buy from women-owned. We need to really champion for those businesses. So Teresa, tell us about that growth. So when I took over in 2000, we were an $8 million company and we had 30 employees, 27 of which were men. Um, and then when I took over, I really hated my job and I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then I quickly realized that for me, it wasn't about the salami or the pasta. It really was about people. I really enjoyed that part of the job. I enjoyed working with my team. I enjoyed hearing what their stories were. I enjoyed hearing what their vision was. I enjoyed hearing what their goals were. And when I realized it was about people, uh, and I found out that people wanted to stay with the company, they loved what we had, but really there was no room to grow because it was just my job and I decided that I wasn't going anywhere. So in order to grow, we have to open other businesses. So in 2000, we were, um, like I said, $8 million in sales and 30 employees. Today we're 650 in sales and about $90 million. Nine zero? Yes. From, from eight? Yes. To 90? in yes. 20 years. Yes. That is like bravo moment, Teresa, because that is, so let me ask you something. What were some of the biggest challenges you had? I mean, you had this vision to build and create now a business that if we look back to what you wanted to do when you were 12, so really to create that family and that, that mm. really value-based family business that you wanted to build and you just rolled up your sleeves and went to work, but what were some of your challenges? Well, lots of challenges, right? Being a female in a very male-dominated uh, environment was very difficult. A lot of my employees thought of me as a little girl because they had been there longer than me. Uh, my dad was an amazing human being and really a genius. And so I had really big shoes to fill. Uh, I wasn't sure I could fill them and nobody thought I could, including my mother. So it was a bit of a challenge there for sure. Um, but you know, just baby steps, right? Just little baby steps and one day at a time. Some days it was one hour at a time. And really, it wasn't me, really it was my team. I've got a really great team. My team understood my vision, were part of the vision and they're the ones that made Italian Santa shop grow. So what were some of the key, how would you say growth strategies that you implemented in order to take it from, sorry, eight to 90? I quickly realized that, you know, we really was about our people uh, as we become more global economy in a global world. We no longer were a specialty store because you could buy anything on Amazon. You could buy it at Army and Navy. You know, everybody carried the same products now. So what was going to make us different was our culture and our people. So I really focused on I really focused on making it a bottom up organization. Um, I really made sure that people knew they were valued. I wanted to give them an opportunity to grow. I wanted to know, I wanted them to know that they were appreciated for all the hard work that they did. Um, so that's how I did that. And how many stores do you have? We just opened our fifth and largest store in a suburb of Edmonton, Sherwood Park. Amazing. I saw pictures of your Sherwood Park uh, location and it's absolutely stunning. Tell us about some of the features that you've actually built into this location that the other locations, it sort of morphed into, this is like the the mothership template they're gonna be using for right. other locations. 
Yes, that's hope. So we have three uh, locations in Edmonton and one in Calgary, and we've always taken over existing locations or we've had a location and always expanded on what we had. Um, so this kind of store was kind of like our vision of what would work, what we think is would work. You know, like when you build a house, they say your first house is kind of okay. The second house, you learn how you really live. The third house is your perfect house. That's kind of how we look at this. We hope that this is a template to bring us forward. Uh, that's still yet to unknown because we'll see how it goes and what people in Shore Park are looking for. Um, uh, but that's um, how we looked at this. So we took the best of all our stores and tried to make them a little bit bigger. And we added a gelateria, which we've never had, and a tabula calda. So we're really excited about that. Okay, so explain what those are. I know one is ice cream. What's the other one? Yeah, yeah tabula calda is a hot table, so like a buffet. Oh, okay, fantastic. So you have a whole dining in experience as well. Yes. Fantastic. Okay. So I know that when I was looking at some of the pictures, I mean, the concept, it's, it's really lifestyle based for your stores. Um, but I, I have to say that it's, it's gotta be interesting to see because you started the planning when we spoke, it was COVID last year. So mm -hmm. how did COVID like, let's talk about, you know, your vision going down this road with this great big store and then COVID happened. So Teresa, tell us about that learning experience. So we actually had two stores on the go. We had uh, signed off on Sherwood Park and we also had a second location happening in Calgary. But the second location in Calgary, although I'd signed off on it a couple of times, it kept coming back and then COVID hit. And so our team just said, you know what, maybe this is a sign. Let's just hold off on the Calgary one. Let's focus on the Sherwood Park one because that was already done. Yeah. And then we'll go back to Calgary. So that's what we did. Um, you know, again, we just don't know what's going to happen. Like we don't, we still don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of months and weeks and stuff, but we just try to do our best. One thing that I'm really proud of is during COVID in our stores, we laid off almost nobody, maybe one or two people that had one shift a week, three hours, something like that. But really we didn't lay out when our cafe was closed, our baristas were stocking shelves. When our wholesale department was closed because restaurants were closed, they were doing home deliveries and curbside pickups. So really, really proud of the fact that we moved people around and uh, we pivoted really, really well. And that's what we're really good at. And what would you, so that was, your pivoting was a great big point in um, your success of getting through COVID. Yes. So we just took a quick pause here because I had a FedEx guy at the door. Um, so let's go to sort of in business overall. What are in this 20 years that you've had the business in your under your care and control and sort of building this to the next level? What are some of your biggest challenges? Oh, biggest challenge. Well, people, people are always so big challenges. It's the most rewarding part of the job, but definitely the most challenging part of the job. Um, you know, making sure we've got the right people in the right spots, all those kind of things. It's very, very difficult. Uh, right now during COVID, we've had some issues with, um, you know, merchandise coming in because we import a lot from Italy. So, you know, there was no flights. Uh, everything took a little bit longer. Plants in Italy were shut down. So things that were readily available weren't. Uh, those kind of things. Um, that's about it, really. And, you know, for us, finding the right space is always a challenge, particularly in Cal, always a big challenge. Well, I always believe that if you build it, they will come. So wherever you choose that right space, they will come, Teresa, because you've built such a legacy um, and a following, which is inspiring. And, you know, your leadership, um, you know, what you've, you've 
you're a great leader. You lead with a lot of passion, but what is one leadership skill that you're most proud of? Ooh, leadership skill I'm most proud of. I think the one I'm most proud of is that I really listen to my team. I really uh, listen to their perspectives. They're very, very important to me. And, you know, they, they're the ones that really encourage me to be an even better person. They're the ones that I've learned a lot from and really raise the bar. And what about the other support networks? We talk about support hers and, you know, um, welcoming men to the conversation and support hers. So maybe tell us about um, some of those support hers in your world. When I first started, I had a really, really tough time. My husband's really awesome. I love him. He's great. Uh, but every time I shared an issue or problem with him, he wanted to fix it. And if I didn't take his suggestion, he'd get very, very angry. And we'd have these big fights all the time about it. So I realized that I couldn't really go home with that stuff just because it wasn't helping our relationship. So I joined a group and it was called Tech Canada. Really great group. And it was all men. Just happened to be that way. And I learned a lot from those men. I mean, I learned, you know, when you're surrounded by like-minded individuals, you just, again, my friends are great my husband's great my family's great but they don't think like entrepreneurs they don't think like business owners and business owners think a little bit differently so these men were all business owners and whether you own a hundred million dollar company or you own a eight million dollar company or a million dollar company the issues are all the same you know people working too much taxes cash flow so I learned a lot from that group and I'm so grateful to them even today I, I think about them quite often and um, I learned some really great not business lessons but life lessons too very cool. Well, I always think it's really important that we sort of, you know, welcome that male influence because the 5% women didn't get to that seat or that position because they got there with some help and support. And I think that as long as our male champions know how they can support us, um, then we can both men and women achieve um, equality. So um, thank you for sharing that, Teresa. Now I'm going to talk to you. You've obviously achieved a lot of success. How do you define success, Teresa? Success to me is like when I'm committed, connected, and I contribute and I give back. Those are the most important things to me. So as long as I'm doing those, then I know that I'm winning in the game of life. I know that those are the things that drive so how about when things don't go the right way? How do you, what's the motivation that you have to overcome the obstacles in your path? How do you overcome those obstacles? I think about those three words. So if something's not going right, I go, hmm, what's wrong? Oh, you know what? I'm not connected. I've been in my office for eight hours and I didn't go downstairs once and I didn't see a person. So I need to go downstairs and connect with people and say hello or whatever it is. I always try to think about what's missing in my life. Oh, you know what? I haven't given back. I haven't volunteered anywhere. I haven't made a difference in anybody's life. It doesn't have to be big. It can be little things, right? Like just little tiny things. So I just look at what, which one of those is not in my life right now. And I try to address them. Beautiful. And so self-care, you know, I always look at leaders like yourself that are, they've got the family, they've got the business, they've got, you know, the volunteerism um, part of their whole structure. What is one thing that you do for yourself every single day? Um, I think first thing in the morning I stop and I just have a, a, a coffee and I just reflect for like not a long time, five minutes. And I just think, okay, I'm grateful for what I have today. You know, I just say a little prayer of thanks for what I have and then I just move on. So a moment of pause to reflect on getting centered for the day. Yeah. And do you make sure that you, um, is there any sort of routine that you do that sort of helps, you know, kind of juggle everything? Like if you got, you know, obviously a big team of help and support, but is there anything else that you do as a, as a ritual that sort of 
helps you manage your your time and making sure that you're prioritizing everything uh nope not really i don't really have a ritual per se like my coffee ritual that's the ritual i get up make an espresso sit down whether it's at home whether it's in our cafe whether it's wherever and then just take five minutes to be grateful for what we have and just ground myself and then move forward and let me ask do you think there is such a thing as work-life balance no I don't. So I think that everybody's got to find what's right for them. Sometimes I work too much and sometimes I play too much. And I hope that it kind of works out in the wash at the end of the day. Uh, I've never missed a kid's recital. I've never missed a soccer game. I've never missed a hockey. I've never missed any family functions. Uh, and my, my business has never suffered. And um, I couldn't be at home at night to put my kid in bed. Then I want to make sure I was there the next morning to bring him to school. That was my balance for me. But everybody's got to find what works for them. So my next question for you, Teresa, is, of course, Women of Inspiration Awards. You're one of the award recipients um, for leaders that are, you know, doing incredible things. How, why is it so important to recognize the achievements of women? Are you paused? They were paused? Sorry, I can't hear you. Yeah, we're good. I had, again, this is a uh, busy day. FedEx is at my yeah, door. No worries. no worries. I wasn't sure if we're on. So are we on? We're on. We're ready to go. Okay. Uh, um, the question was... Sorry, Monica. I don't remember. Okay. We're going to try this again, Teresa. So when we talk about supporting and recognizing the achievements of women, why is it so important? So I think that, first of all, if you're running a business uh, and you're at the top of the business, uh, no one thanks you. Like, you know, people don't come up to you and say, oh, thank you for the job opportunity. Oh, that was a really great idea. Good job. Or, you know, you just don't hear that. So um, that's why we need to acknowledge each other for sure. And I think because we're trying to build women, we have to be each other's best supporters, right? Mm -hmm. If women can't support women, we can't expect men to support women. So we have to really focus on doing our best to help each other and lift each other up. And the more we do that, the more everybody will join in. But it has to start with us. And I couldn't agree more. And of course, support hers are men and women that champion for women. And, you know, over the, you know, you've seen so much progress in the past 20 years. And I want to talk about that a little bit as well. I mean, women-owned, women-led business like yourself. Um, have you seen, you know, the, I mean, back 20 years ago, there wasn't the support there is now for females and we've got a long ways to go. But what are some of the biggest things that you've seen um, as far as that progress, progress, progression, if I can say that word right. So I have to say, even when I took over, it was really hard to get my team that was mostly male to allow women to do different roles in cashier. So when we had an employee who wanted to stock shelves. It was a big thing, like something so simple. But really what I found was when I was talking to my team, trying to make them understand, hey, we can't grow if we don't allow the people in, all those kind of things. It wasn't about they thought women were stupid or couldn't do it. They really thought, they felt bad for Sally. They didn't want Sally to lift 50 pounds to lift the flour to put on the shelf, right? But then we had Sally and Harry in the same room. Sally would say, oh, I can lift 50 pounds. It's not a problem. I like to do that, you know? Then, then Harry goes, oh, you like to do it? Okay, then I'm going to give you that opportunity. So it really was just giving them the room and really just communication, right? Just being really clear about why we're doing this. And what I try to instill in my team is to take perspectives, like really say, hey, Sally, why did you do that? 
Like, what was it not like, why'd you do that? It's like, really, why did you do that? Like really to understand where they're coming from because everybody comes to work to do a good job. Nobody wants to come and screw up. Everybody comes to do their best. And so it's really trying to figure out how their mindset is and what works for them. And, you know, I tell my managers, they work for their team. I tell our supervisors, they work for their team. I work for my managers. Uh, that's my job is to make sure they have everything they need to do to be really good at their jobs. Interesting. And have you found that that's gotten easier because there's over the years, because there's more public awareness where, you know, people are championing um, for equality and to women have, you know, roles um, in underrepresented industries or positions and, and really elevating female leaders. Do you think it's helped with everybody playing a role? For sure. So it's organizations like yours that elevate and talk about trailblazers that we learn from them, right? And the trailblazer does that, goes through the trail and blazes ahead and then makes room for other people to follow her. If we didn't have those kind of people, we wouldn't be where we are. And like you said, we've come a long way and we still have a lot of work to do. So let me ask you, what do you have, you know, what are you focused on? You've got this new store open now. And so what would, you, you know, what, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Well, I think that uh, once the store is settled in and stuff, I really want to focus in Calgary. I want to open two more in Calgary. Uh, Edmonton could do three. We're sure that Calgary could do three stores. So we want to look at that opportunity. And then hopefully Saskatoon. What we bring is more than just a grocery store. We really are a cultural experience and we are a gathering place. We really are a sense of community and a sense of belonging. And I think the world just needs more of that. And I also believe we're hardwired for that. People want to be connected. Hmm. So expansion across Canada, I see. That well, sounds, pretty, that sounds well, pretty good to me, Teresa. Okay, okay, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> so, um, you know, did you have any female role models that you looked up to as you're, you know, paving your road and blazing your trails? Well, there's so many, right? There's my mother who worked like 12 hours a day, most of her life. Uh, most immigrants, like most immigrants, when I talk to them, I am just in awe of their story. And everybody has an amazing story. They came from nothing. They were refugees. They created, whatever it is, it's an amazing story. And I, I learned something from each and every one of them. And I'm grateful for them because, you know, I think, wow, you did all that. And all I got to do is open a store. It's not, you know, big difference, leaving my friends and family behind leaving a poor country for a better life for my family they're they're amazing people really i think think of them as heroes and just just like my parents who were immigrants i wouldn't be where i am today if it wasn't for my parents immigrating to canada because it gave me lots more opportunities amazing and so i it wouldn't be a woman of inspiration podcast without asking you your definition of a woman of inspiration A woman of inspiration is people that include, are very inclusive employers, people that want to make a difference, uh, people that are opening up their lives and sharing their stories and helping uh, women grow. Thank you. And, you know, you are a woman of inspiration in my eyes, Teresa. I think what you've done with your business is absolutely phenomenal. And I really appreciate you sharing your leadership wisdom um, with all our listeners today. I have some great ideas. I know we talked in the green room. I said, wouldn't it be great to have a leadership experience behind the scenes? So um, for those listeners, stay tuned for something like that, because I think that we can cook up, no pun intended, um, something really cool to really open up the doors um, to elevate female leaders and kind of expand 
expand that thought leadership. So um, I'm really thankful for you joining us today. Is there anything that you would, you know, that you want to touch on with our listeners that you would love to share about your leadership journey um, to those that are joining us today? No, I think you covered everything, Monica. You know, we packed a lot of your 20 year history into such a short period of time, but I know that you have so many more things on the go and we're very excited to have you a part of the 2021 uh, Roadshow and of course the 100 Women of Inspiration book. But Teresa, again, where can those listeners find out um, more about you and more importantly, where they, where can they find you? Well, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of, for sure. Um, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, <clears throat> I'm on LinkedIn, I'm everywhere. You can call any of my stores, they'll give you my cell number if you need that. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty approachable. I mean, I get calls, I want to say almost daily. She just went just the other day. A lady, very sad story, a lady who was in uh, Fort McMurray. She was about to lose everything because her restaurant just didn't survive COVID. Never met her before, never in my life. But she called me because she had seen me uh, on TV because of the Shore Park store. And she just wanted some advice. So, you know, really what I did was just let, let her cry. She just wanted to listen to her. And that's, I hope that's what I did for her. So I'm always very, very approachable and always ready to help uh, fellow entrepreneurs. Well, I thank you for your being so accessible because I think that is really important, that mentorship piece and that leadership piece that you just shared and being accessible. And, you know, some people think, no, I couldn't possibly talk to Teresa. She's this, you know, brainchild of this, you know, large organization um, and you're so busy, but you still find the time for people, which is completely important. And I think that what that is really truly what embodies your leadership is that you were so focused on people in your world. So thank you, Teresa, for joining us on the Woman of Inspiration podcast today. Um, if you enjoyed our podcast, Dog Barks in All today, I would really um, encourage you to share because there is somebody that needs to listen to this information today. Um, and I'm sure you got a lot out of the information from Teresa. It's all about family relationship values and listening to your people. So thank you, Teresa. Any last words for our listeners today? Arrivederci. Arrivederci. We'll see you on the road. Ciao.